0: The protocol has meant goods being sent there from Great Britain have had to go through extra cheques. But it's not been fully implemented over concerns it's cutting Northern Ireland off from the UK. Well, I'm joined now by Joel Rayland, researcher at UK in a changing Europe. Morning to you, Joel. Morning. Good to have you with us. Now, yesterday, of course, we saw the Brexit minister, Lord Frost, didn't we, addressing those diplomats in Lisbon, saying the protocol, and this is the quote, is the biggest source of mistrust in the EU as he put forward his new legal text. Um, how do you think you we should all be summing up what perhaps we can expect later to hear?
1: Um, so I think what we can expect later is a response from the European Union which kind of tries to find a bit of middle ground in response to what Lord Frost set out yesterday. Nothing is coming as a surprise to either side. I think the arguments Lord Frost repeated about the protocol not working on the ground, the lack of consent, the disruption of trade, are all things we've heard before. And then his submission of the protocol, sort of a revised version of the protocol to the union, was putting the ball into their court, telling them, here's our, here's our thing to work with, you've got to respond, and that's what they're going to do today. And what we can expect is uh, quite significant sort of compromises, I think, from the EU in terms of saying we're willing to cut back checks on quite a lot of goods that are crossing the Irish Sea from Great Britain into Northern Ireland, allowing food products, to northern ireland um, these are kind of significant compromises based on the original term protocol
0: let's reflect then how the newspapers are um dealing with the issue today telegraph for example brussels to offer new brexit deal for northern ireland block making concessions over checks on goods but insists the european court still has oversight in the province. Uh, The Guardian, EU to offer olive branch on Northern Ireland goods. Uh, But it raises a a, a particular paragraph uh, for the benefit of our listeners. Uh, Let's just explore this one as well. The olive branch will be extended in defiance of the French government, which internally raised concerns about the proposed move by the EU's Brexit commissioner. One wonders about just how um, perhaps volatile some of the chats over there uh, have been over this.
1: Yeah, I think you're definitely right to say that this is not something which has just, you know, been easily produced by the European Union. It's been the product of a lot of internal wrangling. I think the quote I saw this morning was it left blood on the floor, kind of between member states. Um, And it's certainly the case that the French um, have had other issues with the way uh, it sees the UK has been interpreting the wider terms of the trade and cooperation agreement over fishing rights as well. So there's perhaps kind of a little more political sort of angst, bad blood there, and less for willing to compromise. But Maros Shevchevich, who's kind of the leading the negotiations on the protocol, he, or the discussions on the protocol, he is willing to take a softer line and look for more compromise. And is, there's a commitment to trying to make the protocol work as they see it. And that's why you're seeing headlines today about olive branches rather than kind of defiant rebuttal, because Shevchevich for now has, has won the day.
0: Um, I wouldn't mind uh, also for the benefit of our listeners just uh, bringing in some audio that we've also been hearing. I mean, we heard from, we've had uh, quite a lot uh, from Lord Frost. Let's also hear, though, from the European Commission Executive Vice President, Franz Timmermans, who appears to be pretty optimistic, too, over it all. What if we do find practical solutions and we keep people in Northern Ireland and uh, businesses in Northern Ireland happy and they are satisfied with the solutions we find? Why not then be practical and pragmatic about this? Uh, And let's also hear from Brian Dean. Now, Brian works at a fruit and veg wholesaler in Belfast and says importing food from the rest of the UK has certainly become complicated.
1: GB is classed as a third world country. So the importation rules that we have to apply by are exactly the same if we were flying stuff from from Kenya or from Peru or places like that. We need to be able to just pick up the phone, order the produce in the UK and let it arrive here the way it used to.
0: We have to feel, don't we, for all those businesses who've been dealing with the the complex issues um, since the post-Brexit arrangements came into play.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is why, again, you heard Franz Timmermans, the EU official, saying that not official. He's a, a parliamentarian, um, but um, saying there that, that there needs to be something done to, you know, try and make this work because I think there's a recognition that this is not working for certain businesses. There's been huge disruption. Uh, most manufacturing companies have had kind of reductions in their trade. There were risks of certain medicines sort of totally disappearing from the Northern Ireland market before um, kind of a grace period around that was extended. So I think the EU recognises that it needs to try and make that work. It needs to try and make the flow of goods into Northern Ireland from Great Britain better. Um, But kind of the one kind of, you know, point that they won't be taking from the UK, I think, which is likely to cause more contention is over uh, the UK wanting to remove the jurisdiction of the European Court of Justice in um, kind of protocol questions. And so that's something which still could cause tension between the UK and the EU. While the EU wants to see goods flowing more freely, it's not willing to talk about the court in the same way.
0: Joel, really good to uh, get your thoughts this morning. We do appreciate Joel Rayland, there, researcher at the UK in a changing Europe. Thanks very much indeed.